Hey, everybody, you're listening to Beyond 1894. Uh, I'm Gavin Kelly from the Office of University Communications, and today we are joined by, from our School of Design, Mr. Brad Deal and Mr. Robert Brooks. How are you guys doing today? Good. Hey, Gavin. Hey, Gavin. Doing great. Great. All right. Um, So, first of all, so our listeners can get to know you guys a little bit better, how about you talk a little bit about what you do here, your role here, your actual title, um, and how long you've been here, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, I'll go first. My name is Brad Deal. I am an associate professor of <clears throat> architecture in the School of Design. I am also an alumni of Louisiana Tech. I graduated in the architecture program in 2003 and went off and worked in Los Angeles and Houston. Uh, I went to graduate school in Austin, worked there for a few years. And through a number of coincidences, found the opportunity to come back home and teach and uh, been here since 2012. And hi, I'm, uh, my name is Robert Brooks, and I'm also an associate professor of architecture uh, over at Hale Hall on this beautiful campus. Uh, I, got, I came here from the Cranbrook Academy of Art where I did my graduate work, and my undergraduate degree is from Auburn. Um, I've been working with Brad now since 2013, and, um, and how I kind of got to tech is an interesting story. Uh, maybe like some other folks, I, uh, I was going to come to tech and get a few years teaching under my belt and then move on to greener pastures or so I thought. And then a funny thing happened along the way. Uh, I fell in love with this university and I fell in love with this town and I've been here. This is now my 16th year. Awesome. Well, I know that the architecture department is, is better for having both y'all stick around. So um, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being a part of the university. Of course. Um, so you mentioned, you know, that you guys have been working together for a while. So we're going to get into in a little bit about the specifics of what that means. But talk a little bit about how you guys sort of came to work together in in the capacity that you are now. Sure. Um, well, when I took the position here, uh, it was under the auspices of taking over the design build program uh, within architecture. Should I explain what that is for a minute? So, so uh, architecture as a, as a discipline is, is a little bit different from many other, uh, many other majors where we, we have to, well, we put our students in professional situations that they've got to, it's like they're their own boss. They get, uh, they get projects and they have to design them as if they are in charge. So we're not, we're not teaching them the, the pieces of the puzzle, but, but they've got to sort of run, run the whole project on their own. And so in design build, uh, as the name suggests, they've got to design a project and then go out into the community and construct the thing mm-hmm. uh, and, and kind of understand the, the mission of design build is to understand the consequences of design decisions by seeing them all the way through construction. And so uh, I'm a product of that program. Our, our, um, our director, Carl Pulyak, uh, was, was my professor um, when I was a student here. He started the design build program in not the 99-2000 school year, and uh, I got the chance to participate that in, in, two, in that in 2003 as a, as a capstone experience to my undergraduate program. And uh, uh, I was heavily influenced by it. It led me to pursue uh, employment at a design build firm in Houston, uh, and and that that was heavily influential on my what my pursuit of a master's in sustainable design from the University of Texas at Austin, and then um, 
when the opportunity to come come back and teach came up, it was it was to uh, take over this program that had a pretty big influence on my career. Right. And I was I was really excited to do it. Um, now the 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 first year I came back, it was it was also <laughs> uh, interesting in that I, it, the program needed a reboot. Um, actually, Robert had been. Uh, helping out with a few studios. It, it, it was in the, at the moment in the hands of one of our other faculty, Kevin Singh. We were working with Habit, uh, Habitat for Humanity. Uh, and that, that partnership and that set of projects, uh, for a variety of reasons I won't get into them, had, had run its course. Um, it was a wonderful relationship and everything was good, but uh, it, it was time to do something different, mostly because the same thing had been done over mm-hmm. and over and over again to the point that it, it needed uh, to be refreshed. And so it, I was tasked with finding the new direction for it um the the first year i was here we did uh a parks project for parks and recreation for the city of reston and that was wonderful but but uh in searching for that one it was just sort of ready to go but in searching for that a lot of opportunities came up and one of them was to uh was an opportunity to partner with med camps of louisiana which i'm sure we'll talk about them in a minute Mm -hmm. because it's been a, a, a really positive relationship but it was at that point, it was the second year of my time here and, and the opportunity where we decided that, wow, this opportunity with MedCamps looks really exciting. Uh, Carl partnered Robert and I together to, for the Design Build Studio and said, you know, I think you guys are going to, you're going to do all right. You'll help each other out. Uh, and he was absolutely <laughs> right in that regard. And, and uh, the story of that first project, this is in 2000, the spring of 2014, it was our first uh, uh, quarter to teach together and to work together, and I, we really did not know each other that well at that point. But uh, uh, it, it ended up being a serendipitous uh, and, and hugely successful relationship, just on an interpersonal level, on a professional level, and and on a you know organizational level between MedCamps, Louisiana Tech School of Design, and 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 our our classes. So um, we we. We jumped in <laughs> together. Uh, well, one of the other challenges, I guess, it's worth saying, is is to to design and to build something in one quarter. You know, about ten weeks of class time mm-hmm. is a monumental effort, and that was the the operation at that time. It was really a challenge to. Uh, to now, I guess I'll just step back and set the the frame of reference. A lot of our students in a normal design studio will work. They'll work forty to fifty plus hours mm-hmm. a week. And in the 10 weeks of a quarter, they will go from doing research to proposing a few designs. They'll have a kind of midterm review. They'll get a lot of feedback and then, and then pour themselves into a bunch of edits and reworkings of things to have a, a f- kind of final project at the end of the quarter. And it will be a beautiful set of images and drawings that you could never build anything from. <laughs> and so we've got to get it beyond that point that they usually get it to. Well, we do this by you know leveraging teamwork and everyone working together on the same thing. They get beyond where they normally get in the finals to uh, construction documents, which is dimensioned drawings that call out precise materials and every nook and cranny of the whole thing is figured out. Uh, we, ha- we, when we started, would get all that done in about two and a half to three weeks and then have about uh, a week or so to draw the thing and construct documents and then six weeks or so to get it all constructed and it was a sprint right because uh, it, it was originally just spring quarter right originally just spring quarter uh luckily in recent years we've been able to expand that to winter and spring and it's it's allowed us a lot of 
you know, opportunities to be healthier, mm-hmm. <laughs> so safer, uh, and, and just engage a number of opportunities that, that we didn't have time for otherwise. And so um, back in 2014, it was the first time Robert and I got got to teach together and run the run the studio together and uh, and the first uh, iteration of it, which that was a partnership with MedCamps. And a lot of good things happened that year that, that yeah. has kept us all coming back to the well. <laughs> yeah, still going since. strong. Shout out to Carl Pulyak for having the foresight to pair you all up. Because, Robert, you mentioned that, that you guys work really you have a dynamic a very interesting dynamic together oh we really do um <clears throat> brad we we call him the mathematician in the <laughs> studio and he, honestly he's the reason that the projects are finished on time and on budget uh and i'm still trying to figure out my role i think it's somewhere between comedic relief and just a guy that can lift heavy things um but it is that dynamic that that uh together we form a pretty pretty uh impressive team it is a lot of fun working with brad and, and it's a lot of fun working with Brad with our students. Um, it has been a remarkable and personally transformative relationship to be able to do what we do, where we do it with Brad and, and of course, our clients. Right. So clients, and in this case, in design build, because this is a relationship that's been going on for a long time and it works really well. And that's why, like you said, you keep coming back to this. So med camps. Um, is probably one of the most important partnerships in the architecture program and in this design build endeavor that you take on every year. Um, talk a little bit about the projects that have been going on at MedCamps over the last few years. Maybe talk about the one that's going on this year. Um, speak to the efforts that have been going on over there. Well, it is it is a to hear you say that it's been going on a long time is still flabbergasted flabbergasting to me because it just seems like yesterday when Brad was talking about. We started the first project in 2013. It feels like yesterday. Um, we have <laughs> the great thing about our client is that he gives us challenges, or, or yeah, gives us challenges that seem at first insurmountable. And sometimes I just like to tell Brad that we're just too dumb to know we can't do it. Um, <laughs> but over that period of time, we've we've designed. Um, Brad, nine. the numbers guy, <laughs> nine projects we've, at this point, we've designed nine wow. projects and built eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, it is a wide variety. The very, the very first project was an outdoor open air pavilion. Um, we did, we've done an archery range and paintball range. We've, we have built a, a boat launch and a canoe launch for the campers. We've built, uh, and my favorite sort of personal story, um, it involves the zip line where we can take kids that uh, don't have the opportunity to go to summer camp mm-hmm. usually. And we give, we, because of what we do and our partnership with Caleb, we give them the opportunity, opportunities to be like all the normal kids that are getting to do the same thing. And we built a 400 foot long bridge across <laughs> a pond in 10 weeks. I mean, I'm sure I'm leaving something out. But it is just the wide variety. But the mo- for me, the most enjoyable, fulfilling. Like we, Brad and I have both been in private practice. Uh, we we still have a private practice, but and and we do that for various reasons, either friends or family, or maybe financial reasons or whatever. But the reason we do work at camp and we enjoy it so much is that our number one priority, number one prior- prerogative 
is that rather than increasing somebody's bottom line or giving their business a new image or helping sell mo- more cars, it is to provide nothing more than fun and joy. And if that's my goal as an architect, it's a pretty good fit. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Maybe it's, it's maybe it's worth saying just who MedCamps is for a minute. If, if sure, right. Doesn't know. <laughs> right. So, so uh, MedCamps uh, of Louisiana is a nonprofit. Uh, they are are uh, based their their property is in Shudrant, Louisiana, um, at Camp Alabama, actually part of the Alabama Presbytery of the Pines. Um, they uh, are a nonprofit that provides summer camp experiences for children with chronic illnesses and disabilities, uh, and they provide it free of charge. And it's, it's an amazing place on its own merits, uh, an amazing organization, it's an amazing group of people. Um, Caleb Sini and Casey Hobson, uh, now Casey uh, Whipple, is, uh, she just got married. <laughs> um, she and, and Caleb uh, are, are amazing at what they do. They take um, this place in the middle of the woods, nowhere, and, and bring kids together from all over the state and, out of, and outside of the state. Mm-hmm. They, they'll basically take anyone that, that reaches out and, and kind of applies. Uh, and they run, they run hundreds of kids through there every summer. Uh, and those kids get to step out of their kind of minority sidelines role and, and be around kids that are like them. And they get to just be themselves um, with that, without feeling ostracized or, or um, different from everyone else. It's, it's just, it's an amazing and pivotal confidence building thing and and we you know Robert and I and the students that they get to go out there and build projects we get to be the icing on the cake we get yeah. to we get to uh fa- build facilities and design experiences for them that that just empower and embolden the things that they get to do out there and so uh we're we're incredibly lucky to get to work with them and and it's it's highly motivational not only to us but to the students and and we all get excited about it every year just cuz there's there's very few opportunities I think to uh, where you're well in this case of the students they don't have a lot of choice but <laughs> but they 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 get to work for someone that they can feel really good about working towards and it's not it's not like Robert said it's not about the money it's not about uh, I've got to do this or I won't <laughs> have a paycheck uh, it's not it's not about prestige it's a it's just about doing something good for someone that that has a need that they can't fulfill themselves and we get to step in and play that role for them. So that's, that's, it's really wonderful. Yeah. You get to do that every year. It's pretty cool. And you, and it's, you can see the immediate impact of it too. The kids are absolutely instantly just improved their experience at the campus. Yeah, absolutely. Every, every summer, uh, we we run these projects in the spring. Uh, the spring quarter class is when we're doing, doing our construction. Uh, and every summer, uh, a few students are able to stick around the local ones or the ones that get internships around here, uh, will will always make a trip out there in the summer and, and at, at a minimum take a handful of pictures and, and right. put them where, where everyone gets to see just the fruits of their labor. Because, uh, again, the, the students love to make things. They love the building. They love the architecture. They love the experience they got making the thing, but it, it, it doesn't all quite come together until you see, some smiles and, and, and some laughter, here's some laughter. Then it's uh, real. Then yeah. It's very, it's very real. Yeah. It's real. And I think that's fundamentally, uh, what, what makes it so different, um, from, from most of the other, uh, classes that we teach in the architecture program, most of the other classes at most universities anywhere is, is that, um, it's not nothing. It's not hypothetical. Uh, you've got to 
you got to go through figuring out literally all the nuts and bolts of this thing right. to uh, get to a place where it's it's done and it's real and you've seen it all the way through. You've committed to your decisions um, and, and you, you it, it's happened and now it's affecting someone's life, life in a positive way. And that's you can't you can't get that many places uh right. and certainly not so directly uh as as we get to set up in this in this partnership and this in these classes so what are y'all working on this year oh uh, <laughs> to tell to answer that question we have to back up go ahead a year uh in 2020 yep um we caleb and medcamps asked us to take an existing cabin that was no longer used and convert it into a, a new art maker, art and maker space, because it is one of the most therapeutic and, and empowering, but social building activities that happen at camp. And the current, uh, in their current location, it was just, it's basically a big screened in porch. You can't do it in the rain. It's sweltering hot. So we set out in 2020 with a group of students and we, made it all the way through schematic design. We were ready to go, got our permits. We actually broke ground and- <clears throat> About uh, a week into the process. A week, yeah, a week into the process. I, I was just returning back from Cuba. Our flight, I mean, our, our trip was shortened by three days. I had to come back early. By the time my feet were on the ground here, Brad's texting me saying, they've just shut the university down. <laughs> What does that mean for design build? So in a matter of 24 hours, he and I came up with another scenario that allowed us to move forward safely and still do the project. We got approval from the administration and the leadership. Um, We worked on that for three days and then it was entirely shut down. And we had to pivot to making a real thing to finding out a way of delivering the content of that class in a virtual format. We managed to do that with, and and Brad was largely responsible for making that transition from the real to the digital, but the project was shuttered. Last year, we were invited to do a different project and leave the art cabin in its current halfway demolished state. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we did what, what was called the Hero's Origin. It was a brand new entrance and a new face to camp. And um, we can talk about that and the successes of that one later. Looks amazing, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. It was, uh, that was, we've done some crazy things, and that's one of them. But then when the conversation rolled back around this year, and we, we engaged Caleb and Casey and uh, uh, Landon and talked about what they wanted and what we could do to help them, the art cabin came back up. Unfinished business, right? Unfinished yeah. business, that's right. And so we've taken it on, head on. In a normal contractor, architect type role, we would have just unrolled the plans from two years ago, and we would have just gotten started. But the joy, the learning, and all of that that happens doesn't happen just in swinging a hammer. It happens in the from the conceptual to the realization. So we scrapped those plans. Uh, and with Brad and I and our students, um, in the in the last ten weeks, have come to schematic design, design development. We've gotten approval from all the board members and Caleb, and we are ready to break ground the first day of this coming quarter for a brand new art and maker space called the Mosaic. 
where all the little pieces come together to form one beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the 2020 shuttering of the project was heartbreaking. Uh, it, it's, it's easy, and, and it really uh, underscored the value of the experience that, that we, get, we get to have and to deliver to the students because we were, well, like many people in the spring of 2020, we were really crushed by the missed opportunity and and when you when we pull out the interpersonal interaction and and the the physical being together and the making something that's fundamental to the the whole thing yeah yeah, yeah. i mean we we you know modeled every bolt and screw and two by four in the computer and they understood how the project needed to go together every plumbing fitting <laughs> the toilets the faucets everything was was, you know, put together in the computer and the information was delivered, but it was just empty by wasn't comparison. The no, yeah, no, the, 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 the smiles of the campers using the thing, um, the satisfaction of seeing it all come together, the, the sweat equity mm-hmm. of all the blood, sweat, and tears that goes into these things. It was just, it, it was taken from that group of students. Um, and it was heartbreaking uh, for us, but l- less on a selfish level because we genuinely enjoyed doing it, but also... Uh, really, it was just primarily with uh, heartbreaking not to be able to live, to deliver that to them. And we're finally, it's not the same group of students, but we're getting to make good on a project that we had to leave, you know, uh, only in its, at, at step one. Right. Because, you know, something like that, when it's, when it's done every year and it impacts the students that you're teaching, the kids at med camps, the two of you personally, the flip side of that is when it, when something like 2020 happens and it goes south for a little while, it also impacts everyone. Uh, in the other direction so and and we recognize that we're not special that there's an entire university 12 floors below us that Mm -hmm. suffered many of the same ways right absolutely right um and it it was difficult for everyone to pivot um and that being said it's not to say that it's not difficult to do it normally because you think about an architecture student somebody in the architecture program it's already um a complicated major um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not very demanding. Casual. Yeah, it's very demanding. Um, I mean, a lot of majors here are, but there's, I mean, any major with a studio and um, just time demands uh, that are unlike a lot of the other ones here. Um, so a student who is already putting in full-time job hours worth of schoolwork every week, and then they come around to their junior year and they come around to a design build project. I mean, how does that impact a student who's pushing themselves already in their schoolwork and then they have a, a challenge like this and a, and a task like this in their class. And, and I, I want us both to answer that because this is where <laughs> those opposite ends of our gotcha, spectrum. Okay. So I'll let Brad go first <laughs> or if you want. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, um, having this class in the, in the junior year is a pretty special moment. Like it, if, if, whether you're, you're uh, listening to this and be, un, under 21 or, or older than 21, I imagine most people are going to be older, but if you can think back to that moment in your life when you're around 20, 21, it's just a massive amount of change that's going on with you at that point. And, and I feel like we inherit these students as children and we, and we, and we, get, we, we you know, send them on their way kind of as adults because there, it's the, the amount of work. And we talk about actually when we were doing the year – I'm going to segue for a second. The year we did the zip line, we learned a, a thing that we were practicing that, that we didn't even realize um, as, as a principal in, in kind of ropes course uh, training. They talk about your comfort zone, 
uh, just beyond that is your stretch zone, and then beyond that is the panic zone. Um, and you, you've got to operate in that stretch zone if you're going to affect any kind of change on yourself. And so the amount of work that we ask of students uh, puts them in that stretch zone. Uh, sometimes it pushes out to yeah. panic, and they have to like, <laughs> step away and like, yeah. uh, calm down and get back to working. But but they are well out of their comfort zone. They do not know uh, what what you know how to operate a circular saw or a welder, or uh, many of the tools we introduced them to, and just and how to just put in a lot of work and be accountable for that work being done well and and showing up when you're supposed to be there. Um, it's 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 like a real job, and I think that 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 crucible of, of hard work and, and accountability and communication and all the, all the things it takes to be a good functioning team, just everyone grows up a, a good bit. And it's really satisfying to see as, as a teacher and, and a mentor. Um, but but the, the students come out, of, come out of this experience and they feel accomplished, they feel empowered, and they are ready to take on anything that comes after that. And so it, it, that's, that's the thing that I think is, is uh, you know, sat- satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if you ask most of them, I think that's what they would have in common. It's like, I learned how to be an adult <laughs> in <that laughs> class because it was hard, and I did some things I'm really proud of. I think, I think that would be pretty – maybe the, some of the most common themes you'd, you'd hear from students there. And I, and I think that I, – well, I agree with everything that Brad says. Uh, I'm more of a visual thinker. And so I need all of our listeners to imagine trying to fit a washing machine through a knot hole in a fence. How do the students dig deep and how do they find that motivation? How do they get the washing machine through the knot hole? And I think the first step is that if you think back to when you were their age, what you really needed the most was somebody to believe in you. Brad and I completely believe in our students, and we believe in our students enough that we reject the leadership from the back style of teaching. We lead from the front. There's no better way and no better better motivator than to be able to say, we are going to do this, and let us show you how. Brad and I can't do it by ourselves, but if you help us, we can all do it together. The very first couple of weeks are hard because they're, they're believing us, they trust us, they just haven't seen the fruit of their labor yet. It's daunting, it's still very daunting. It is, but then there are, and Brad's identified them as, so I think you call them magic moments or <laughs> special moments or something like that, and it's when there's a whole bunch of work that's been happening, and the day the concrete truck shows up, and we pour a slab, or the day the first wall goes up, or the day that there's a 700-foot-long zip line in the air. And those moments are just absolutely and fundamentally crucial because the students then, they've believed us, now there's proof of it. It clicks. And after that click, Brad and I, to some extent, can back off a little bit because they are empowered. They may not know how to do it, but what they do know is they can do it. Mm -hmm. I think that's where it comes from. Those also can run and do run on fumes sometimes because we demand a lot. That's where the campers and Caleb and a reminder that what they're doing is so much greater and larger than any grade and it will live well beyond the end of this class that all of those external motivators 
are by and large the thing that mo- that get our students to find down really, really deep the courage, the motivation, and just the will to keep going. It's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty beautiful process. Yeah, it's it's deeper than a schooling. It's deeper than just a class. It's it, it it runs to the core of who these students are as people, and it will affect them forever. Absolutely. Uh, on that. In that theme, mm-hmm. things that, that come out of the class that are, that are lasting, um, one, one of the things that we lay out from day one uh, is, is we, we talk a good bit in the class about the value of relationships. Um, and one of the things that comes out of this class are, are bonds that, that, that stick these students together for the, for the rest of their lives. They're going to remember that spring <laughs> out in Yeah, they were spending sleepless nights out on site yes. together. and yeah. Well, I mean, they've got sleepless nights all the time. Everyone has that in True. college, right? True, yeah. but, but I think that there is something about just, just working and sweating and learning together uh, about this. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of correlations to athletics. Um, it's when, when you go through something that, that is so visceral and difficult and challenging and rewarding at the end, like you're bonded with the people that you're around, that you're figuring it out with. And, and those, those relationships, um, and it's not just our class, but it's, I think it's all the relationships that any students gain in college. Those are not to undercut any of the technical knowledge that we gain in our classes that we deliver in our class, but those relationships are some of the absolutely most important things that come out of your time in college. I think that's why in-person colleges are never going to be replaced by online things. Uh, it's the relationships you build as you're going through these things that that create opportunities for your future. And so, so if you don't, you can have all the technical knowledge in the world about your profession, your industry. If you don't know someone that's going to give you the opportunity to de- deploy that knowledge, uh, that's what good is it doing? So it's, it's. I think putting these students through those experiences. Uh, having them build relationships with one another is kind of a uh, just giving them the formula for building relationships that allow them to use their technical knowledge in the future. And those those relationships are going to build a professional network in the not too distant future. And those networks are going to create all the opportunities in the world. And we we talk pretty openly about that. Sometimes I think we're giving it away too easy, or, or it's like when 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 the answer's sort of shown to you right up front. But I mean that that is genuinely the the formula for future success is like is just getting to know the people around you showing that you're dependable showing that you can deliver on the things you say you're going to do and if you and if you're not sure how you're going to figure it out and so just just problem solving together building those relationships it's it's the formula we try to deliver through the class to those students and it's it's rewarding every single time well and and i would say to, to follow up with that uh although brad sort of came up with the words I'm going to take credit for because I'm saying it, <laughs> um, that students are often um, intimidated by the work that we do. Uh, we, we, we teach them to weld. We teach them to be carpenters. We teach them to be masons. We teach them to do foundation work, things that 90% of our students, or maybe even more, have never done. And they, they come to us um, worried am i going to be able to do this am i strong enough these machines are scary and those sort of things and we tell them without fail the guaranteed formula for success in this class requires two components effort and attitude and if you can come with those two things intact we can teach you everything else and we can lead you lead from the front with you to guarantee your success 
have we had near misses? Sure. Have we had things we've had to redo? Sure. But that's all part of the learning process too. You come with the right attitude. You, you come with the right amount of effort. The rest is we can teach you. Right. It just falls into place if you can, if you have the foundation, because these students, it's hard to put it into perspective for someone who hasn't seen it or heard about it firsthand, but the amount of work, I mean, even now that <laughs> it's stretched over two quarters, it's such a, it's these huge projects and um, the same group of students over time. And again, like you said, these students are going to be, cha- it may change career paths. It may change, you know, what they want out of their, their major, what they want out of their future career. Um, just seeing this and no one can take that away from them. Right. Cause that's right. 10, 20 years from now, they're still going to have been with those same, that same group of kids from their class making a difference out of med camps. And, and I think that what I would point out there is that I, I would say it, I should, we maybe should have said this at the very beginning of the conversation <laughs> that Brad and I probably to a fault are humble in nature. But when I guess there was an old saying that those that can brag without them lying, let them brag. Mm-hmm. Yes, we recognize that our students are doing good work. The campers recognize that the students are doing good work. But here is the real magic and the surprise is that along the way, Brad and I have had the courage to submit the work that we're doing in um, the state of Louisiana AIA awards competition and in the Gulf States region. So to give a perspective, there's a network of architects who's been doing work over the years or over the last year or whatever the period of time that is. And they submit their work for consideration. And I've lost track of the number of American Institute of Architects awards that our students' projects have won. When we are making projects for $15,000 and we're beating projects that have $40 million budgets, that says something about it's not just me and Brad and a bunch of students splashing around in the mud up in Shudrant, but the work that we're doing is meaningful. And, and I guarantee you, Brad and I would keep doing it even if we weren't winning awards. But the point in that story is that other people recognize its value too, that don't have anything to, that aren't directly related to education. They are related to the profession in which we're teaching. That is absolutely humbling. And I'm not going to lie, a little bit thrilling, too. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The, the people that have uh, seen the movies we've made um, or, or seen us um, as, as a result of some of these awards, um, they've reached out to us and said, ah, oh, you guys reminded me why I got into this in the first place. And, and it's, it's, it feels good to, to, be, to be reminded of those things. And it's mostly, I mean, it, for those that are unfamiliar with the you know, design industry or architecture, I mean, it, it is, it's mostly about creating experiences for people. People think it's about buildings, but it's actually about creating environments that, that, are, that are, you know, supportive and fostering of whatever they need to do. Um, and so it's about creating experiences and comfort and delight and economy and all of these wonderful things that, you know, architecture history is, have taught us. But um, uh, it's really, it feels good to, operate on this 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 kernel that that continues to give of just having people feel good about their work having people feel good about doing good for others uh and that that is that's something i wouldn't trade for the world so it is it is always deeper than it appears on the surface there's always something 
um, going, there's more to what's going on, people being impacted, that sort of thing. We've, we've hit, we've hit on a lot. Um, so do you have any more to say about that? Any closing thoughts about, um, the work that you do with this program and with this specific aspect of this program? Yeah. If, if I could, if I could, uh, impart any <laughs> words of wisdom that we've gained, uh, through this for, to, to anyone hearing this, um, the things we've learned to share with the students, um, is that if, our students are working towards a project. They're working towards a grade, and they know all of that. Uh, and the the project and the the people that the project is for, it's highly motivating. Um, and the fact that that motivation is there um, is because we we've we've set up the relationship and we've set up the story. Mm-hmm. But the story gives the work purpose, and it gives the students purpose. And that working with some kind of purpose is just incredibly important to have. If you're uh, purpose and whatever you're pursuing is the paycheck or the money. Uh, it's just not enough. You you need to find something you believe in that you you want with all your heart, uh, and and you know hang your hat on that. Don't don't um, don't do it for the obvious reasons. Do it for something that's genuinely motivating to you. Um, and then the last the last bit of it um, is that whatever whatever you're doing, whether it's architecture, whether it's a project uh, of any kind. Um, you know, the, the, the reward is never in actually finishing <laughs> the thing, even though that feels pretty rewarding. It feels pretty good. But everything that follows is, uh, it's like Christmas morning. It's not as satisfying as, as the things on the front end get at the build up to it. And so, and so something we tell the students that I think is something I've learned along the way is that whatever you're doing, whatever you're working on, you've got to enjoy the journey. You've got to embrace the pursuit um, because that's where, real life happens uh and, and where contentment happens is, is in uh chasing is is in it's in the chase or in in the pursuit of of what you're doing so so enjoy it and and i think for me um i'm going to sound like maybe an instagram cliche because i'm reading this <laughs> off of instagram right now but it, it reminds me um uh, what is a motivation and everything that brad and i've said is true but i think for me uh you have not lived until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. And for me, that's motivation. What we do, the effort, the time, the sacrifices that we make is a gift. And that gift is what continues to push us. It has a life beyond just our involvement. And then finally, no matter what your major, maybe you're already out of school, maybe you're thinking about coming to school, the thing that I would encourage everybody, no matter what it is you're doing, is find a way to be empowered. Brad and I empower our students. Whatever that empowerment may look like, that's something that someone and no one will ever be able to take away, is become empowered. Sure appreciate you having us on. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you got, you know, you mentioned be empowered. And in a way, you guys have also been empowered by the leadership here at the university. We mentioned Carl Pugliak. Mm, um, you know, you, you said you guys don't do it alone and it's true. No, we absolutely. Sure don't. Uh, we, I owe a big thanks to the support of my family and all of my past mentors and experience, one of which is, still includes Carl Pugliak, but uh, my wife, Lacey, who teaches in kinesiology mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, all the friends and, and, you know, less than traditional family that have, have helped us get where we are today. Um, all the support 
of Caleb and Casey from MedCamps and all of their giant network of support. Um, yeah, we absolutely couldn't do it without without everyone. And I would extend to that, yes, if, if it wasn't for Brad and if it wasn't for my friends and colleagues over at Hale and over the last nine years, if it wasn't for the unwavering support of Marla Emery uh, and her daughter Mia excusing me while I've been gone and checked out for three months, Brad and I couldn't do what we do. And we we don't do this alone. We take the credit for it, but we <laughs> absolutely don't do it alone. Right. Um, well, I know that if we sat here long enough, we could all talk about this all day because there's so much to it, and it's, it's a very amazing thing that's going on. Um, if you're listening and you have not had a chance to see anything about MedCamps, um, you're encouraged to go see it for yourself um, at the very least. Um, there are lots of photos and, and evidence of the good things that are going on out there that you guys have done over the years. So, And if, and if it's appropriate, what we can do is we can provide you uh, – Brad is a very humble person. <laughs> He's produced how many uh, uh, short films now? A bunch. Eight or nine. Yeah, eight, eight or nine videos. He's won two national awards for the story of what we do at MedCamps. We can provide you guys with a link for that if anybody's interested in watching. And we have gigs upon gigs of <laughs> photographs because we really, really like what we do. We'd be glad to share that with you. Absolutely, yeah. If you're listening and you would like to know more, you can look into our show notes. Um, we'll have links there for you guys to check out. Um, Brad Deal, Robert Brooks, thanks you both for being here today. Um, appreciate you uh, being on Beyond 1894. And um, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Absolutely a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Beyond 1894. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes. Beyond 1894 is produced by Louisiana Tech University's Office of University Communications.